Hey, welcome back, everybody. It's time for one of our favorite shows. It's This Week with Wendy, the only show that shows you the real SoCal estate of mind with your host, Wendy Ross, who after decades of working at real estate brokerages in Silicon Valley in Orange County, she decided it was time to create something different. And so she did. That's when Veracity Real Estate was born. Time was right for renewed commitment to bespoke client advocacy at all price levels. Something you don't see very often in high cost markets and luxury markets like Southern California. Through it all, Wendy has built a company of data-driven real estate investment advisors, sometimes she calls them nerds, who are truth seekers and truth tellers. And truth be told, I'm just, my jaw drops every time she gives me the stats of the week here. So let's bring her in. The jaw-dropping Wendy. <laughs> hey, Wendy. Hey, Paul. Goodness. You, you do every time you do. I, I thought I'm ready for this, but we've been laughing about it. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, more insanity, more craziness. That's just the new norm. I know. I know. And it's actually, it's so insane and so consistently crazy. It's boring. That's why I need to have other people here to talk about <laughs> other things. Because how much can we say, yep, there's still nothing to buy and moving on. Kind of like being a Southern California weatherman in the old days of totally. TV. You know, it's another sunny day. Back to you. Absolutely. So let's talk <laughs> about the traffic, shall we? Yeah. All right. I know. I know. Well, and, and to your point, I mean, we've always got something else and interesting to talk about. And part of the way that I can bring my perspective and my unique market analysis to you in the world, if they're listening, is by aligning with some of the smartest people that are out there. They're doing things to contribute to our lives and the community and the economy. And so when I talk to people about their home, you know, and, and my publicist knows, and, and these ladies know, I'm talking more about the, just your physical space. I'm also talking about providing a future where you can be well and safe in that space for as long as you possibly can. So that's why I choose to dedicate a lot of my time on my show to important topics that people here in Orange County must know about. And today is one of those days. So I'm excited to have with me Deborah Levy, the executive director of Alzheimer's Association of Orange County, and Jamie Webb, founder of Haven Care Management. She's also a member of the board of directors of Alzheimer's Association Orange County. And interestingly, according to a 2021 report released by the California Department of Public Health, People 55 and older with Alzheimer's will increase by 122%, and people 65 and older with the disease will increase by 136% in Orange County by 2040. So the number of Californians with the disease is expected to more than double during that time. That's an astounding figure, especially in from my space, because we're already seeing that people are staying in home and they're aging in place longer, longer, and longer. And now we need to add to that the complexity of, are you going to be able to age in place as your mind and your yourself changes? Uh, that's why these ladies are going to impart their wisdom on us. So we need to consider how this affects us, and it inevitably will. It'll affect at least half of us. So I welcome you both, Deborah and Jamie. But before we dive into learning more about the important work that you're doing, I'm going to follow up on my tradition and bore the world with the real estate market stats from the last week. So, in Orange County, in the prior week, we got 411 new active listings. That was down 2% from the week prior. And while that may sound exciting, we should have had 1,500 new listings last week. So, we're grotesquely under-inventoried yet again. We put 584 of them under contract. They're in escrow. That was a slight uptick of 1% over the week prior. And we sold 512 homes in the prior seven days. That was down 5%, really simply because there was nothing left to sell. Um, and that's really, truly exemplified when you look at the median price. It, it ticked up 
over the prior week, two and a half percent. So our median price in Orange County settled at a million twenty-five, up from a million the week before. Again, it took a whopping six days to sell the house on median in Orange County, as contrasted with what should have been forty-six days. So we're selling far too much, far too fast. And the list price to close price ratio, even though we sold fewer homes, even though we had less to sell. Um, so you have to understand it's like a Macy's sale where there's just nothing left on the shelves and people are picking over the leftovers. They're still paying top dollar for it. So our list price to initial final sales price is 105%. So we're paying 5% over what sellers are asking um, to get the leftovers, basically. So um, unless we get another 6,000 listings next week, which is not going to happen, next week is going to be just as boring as this mm. week. So if you want to buy a house, do not wait. It's not going to get better. Um, it's going to get worse. And if you don't believe me, wait, and we'll talk in 2023, and I'll make a lot more money. So that's that. With that, let's talk about far more interesting things. And thank you again for being here, my guests, Deborah and Jamie. So let's start with Deborah. Okay. Deborah's an award-winning te- television I can't speak today. Television news journalist, and you're making me nervous. No, I was nervous this morning, so. <laughs> Thank goodness it's not just yeah. me. All right. Well, she's now a nonprofit executive, of course. She has a broad and diverse background, leading some of the world's most recognizable and respected charities, including the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, United Cerebral Palsy, and Ronald McDonald House Charities of Southern California. She's raised more than $100 million during the course of her career for organizations that improve the lives of children's, families, cancer research, and important capital projects. Deborah has joined the Alzheimer's Foundation as executive director for Orange County as of April. So, bravo. Thank you so much for being here. My pleasure. And Jamie. Jamie Webb is the founder of Haven Care Management. She's also a member, as I mentioned, of the Alzheimer's Association County Board. She, uh, She has an extensive background in medical, social work, and dementia care. She earned her bachelor's degree in sociology from Cal Poly Pomona and obtained her master's degree in social work from Cal State University San Bernardino. So a Southern California person, at least presumably, right? Jamie is a certified care manager through the NACCM and also a member of the Aging Life Care Association. She considers it an honor and a privilege to assist clients and their families with this difficult journey through memory loss. Thank you, ladies, for being here. Thank you for having us. It's, it's amazing you smile so beautifully so early in the morning. We're talking about such deep, deep top topics, and it must be because it brings you joy to help people. Is that a passion. fair assessment? Yeah. Well, so tell me about what we're working with the Alzheimer's Association. What is your mission, and how does it, and how do you serve the people of Orange County? So our mission, the Alzheimer's Association, we lead the way for ending Alzheimer's and all other dementias. Um, We accelerate global research, we're minimizing risk reduction and early detection, and we're providing incredible support groups and care programs and educational programs in 70 chapters across the country. And I'm very fortunate and blessed to lead the Orange County chapter, um, offer a myriad of services here. And, And you said it so eloquently earlier, you know, Alzheimer's, one in three seniors dies of Alzheimer's disease. See, and that's something that I hadn't realized. It actually takes lives. It doesn't just alter them and diminish them. It takes them. Yeah, I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about Please, the medical share. side of things. My specialty really is more the care. But when you think about your brain, it controls your whole body, right? Right. So it controls the way your heart pumps. I mean, it, it controls it. So as it starts to atrophy, it affects all different 
parts, right? And is so, that what happens? It's literal physical atrophy? Yes. That's and incredible. so it affects your, you know, I just had somebody pass yesterday, he couldn't swallow anymore. Mm. Right? So it affects everything and your body just slowly shuts down. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna diverge a little bit because it's my show. And I can't. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> what are they gonna do? Paul's not gonna pull the plug. He likes me too much. <laughs> so my late husband did not have Alzheimer's. He had cancer, mm-hmm. and something that we learned um, just kind of incidentally was that his profound hearing loss was likely to accelerate. Um, the onset of dementia and that's something I'd never heard before but they talked about when the part of your brain that is used to hearing things doesn't hear things anymore it starts to shut down is that the type of thing you're talking about you can help people prevent and address I don't think you can prevent it and like my whole goal in what I do is to walk aside family like side families and mm-hmm. come up with a plan of care got it so that this is easier the journey's easier they know at every crisis what the next step is mm-hmm. right but we can't prevent it Right. Right. There's nothing out there. And that's why the Alzheimer's Association is so important, all the research that they do Mm -hmm. to try to, you know, figure this out because we are entering an epidemic and we do not have the finances to care and we don't have the care providers to provide the support that needs to happen. And so we are entering a big crisis soon. It's got to be daunting to face that. Uh, a new statistic that came out, and you were referencing this, but by 2050, the number of people aged 65 and older with Alzheimer's dementia is projected to be 12.7 million. Mm-hmm. That's an enormous number of people. Mm-hmm. Right now, there are 700,000 Californians living with Alzheimer's disease. And it feels like there are so many now. Mm-hmm. So for that to go up to 12.7 million, mm-hmm. it's incredible. So, all right, my brain hurts. What kind of services exist now, and what services do you think need to exist to address this incredible impending demand? I think the most important thing that I want to get out today is our 800 number, because we have a 24-7 helpline. It's available, again, 365 days a year. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have master's level clinicians who will answer that line and help folks, whether it's somebody has wandered and the spouse is freaking out and they don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. They can call the 24-7 helpline. Someone's gotten a diagnosis. Who is the best physician in the community that you live in? Mm-hmm. Um, they can help direct you know, services to that individual based on where, where they live. So I'm, I want to give that number out. It's Please. 800-272-3900. And it can be translated into 200 different languages. That's so, incredible. Um, an incredible resource that is free of charge. And we want folks to be able to pick up the phone and call. It's not a crisis line. It's if they need anything mm-hmm. answered, um, they can call. They're curious to know they want to donate to our organization. They can call that 800 number. And we'll make sure that we pepper that throughout today's broadcast and also post it at the end on the podcast channel because everyone needs to have that. We need to know how to get the resources. And I would imagine you have to help them translate because if you're new to this, you don't even know the questions to ask. Absolutely. The other um, couple of things that we do in, in the Orange County community that are really special is we have support groups that are taking place every week. Right now, um, most of them are virtual. We're going to be transitioning April 1st to going back to in-person. And again, some of those are in Spanish. Some of those are in Vietnamese. Some of those are in English. But I think it's really important for individuals, whether they've been diagnosed with early onset, so Mm -hmm. they themselves have received a diagnosis, and so they can go to a support group and be Mm -hmm. surrounded by people who understand that's facilitated by a specially trained, you know, Alzheimer's Association 
um, facilitator. That's got to be so daunting for those people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would imagine if somebody was a vibrant, capable, intelligent person and gets a diagnosis that you're going to have, you know, some sort of mental dysfunction, it's got to be devastating. The disease does not discriminate. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if you, you know, were a lawyer or you were a stay-at-home mom. It does not discriminate. And I think the one thing that's really hard is there's a huge stigma and embarrassment mm-hmm. when you have a cognitive impairment because your brain, that is who you are, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so we need to break that stigma mm-hmm. and normalize this. I always tell my clients, this is no different than if you had a heart problem. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be embarrassed about it. If you had cancer, you would share it. This, we need to normalize this disease so that we can get the help that we need. And the Certainly. Alzheimer's Association provides such great services and it's free of charge. Finances is one of the biggest inhibitors for people to get help, and right. we have a great resource here locally. The other thing I wanted to mention, Wendy, too, so we talked about the support groups, but we have educational programs as well that are right now, again, most of them are, are online, mm-hmm. um, but we are transitioning back to in-person, and everything from understanding Alzheimer's disease, the 10 warning signs, to, as Jamie mentioned, you know, how do you deal with your finances Mm -hmm. um, if you get a diagnosis? How do you plan um, early? And so um, if anybody who's listening is interested in having us present an Mm -hmm. educational program, it can be at a company as a a human resource benefit to employees. It can be a faith-based organization. We're willing to come out and, and provide those educational programs free of charge. And that makes so much sense because like like with me, everyone lives somewhere. I mean, you know, I've got a captive audience. We're all going to live somewhere. <laughs> and with you, we're all related to someone and we're all aging. So there's no boundaries. Everyone needs this information. I'd like to like step back for a moment because to your point, you had said it's so great because the foundation Um, The association provides services that are free. Well, they're not really free. You're reliant upon funding and donations, and that's why it's critically important that every single human who is listening to this understands we're all going to get older. Our parents are all going to get older, and we are all going to need these resources. Mm -hmm. I don't care who you are. I mean, one in two people are going to be in need of these resources. So our families are going to be touched. And for us not to get involved um, either with our time or our funds uh, would be remiss. Mm-hmm. It just would. You know, it's it's going to happen, and we can't cry foul when the time comes and there's no resources for us because we didn't get involved. So I'm going to jump off my soapbox mm-hmm. and <laughs> get back to Jamie for a second. You, so you founded a company that works with the families and patients directly. So mm-hmm. Can you tell me a little bit more specifically about the kind of work that you do? Yeah. I mean, I'm a huge advocate. I've become their best friend in oh, the man. process. I'm available to my families 24-7. There's no limits to that. But what I do is I walk into the home and I come in very casually and I assess the situation and I come and I make a long-term plan of care. My goal is to keep you in the home for as long as it makes sense. And then when it doesn't make sense, you know, we have to transition to a higher level of care. And then I just, I help through the whole entire process until death. I go to doctor's appointments. I answer really difficult questions. I get to know my clients so well that I know if something is out of character for them or not, is Mm -hmm. it normal to the disease process that is it not? I reach out to the doctors, just coordinate all the care, so I alleviate a huge burden from the family, mm-hmm. right? They're not in this alone, and I think that that's what's important to know. Do you help them understand what the milestones are? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, yeah, Uncle John is here, and if we start seeing this, this, and this, that means he's gone to a next level and his care needs to be adjusted. So when they start seeing those signs, they know to call you and say, hey, Jamie, mm-hmm. Uncle John's acting like you had expected or how you said might happen. Yeah. Is, is And does that help them, like, perhaps take some of the fear out of it because they know what those guideposts are? Well, they yes, but I don't, you have to start where everybody's at. Mm -hmm. Not everybody wants to know the end game. 
right? Got it. So when I walk in, I really assess, okay, this is where we're at right now. I know what the next steps are. Mm-hmm. So in my head, I'm already like planning for it, okay. but some people aren't ready for that. But some people want the whole path laid right. out, you know? And so that's what we go in and do. But I keep it very simple. We can complicate this disease greatly, mm. and I don't think it's necessary. I think we just say that it's early, mid, and late stage, mm-hmm. and this is what it looks like, right? It's very overwhelming. So I try to simplify it and take the fear out of it. Did you see um, any added complexity with COVID and having everyone sheltering down at home together? It was awful. Really? It was devastating. In what way? Because we, as humans, we need connection. Yeah. So I have many clients in the Orange County area that were in facilities that could not see their family for months and months and months, and they drastically declined. The isolation was horrible. That need for human connection never goes away. Interesting. And then to have a caregiver in the home with their loved one with dementia mm-hmm. without any support yeah. was devastating. Right. So I can't even imagine. No. Lockdown was probably one of the worst things we could have done for the disease progression in these families. And in terms of in-home care and in, in-home analysis, have the COVID restrictions been lifted enough that you can operate almost normally? Yes. That's for fantastic. the most part. For the most part, right. yeah. Okay. It's not 100%, but it's it's pretty good. Because can you imagine, like you were mentioning about your husband and hearing, we have to wear masks in facilities. Sure. Well, you're trying to talk to somebody with dementia with a mask on. They can't see your facial features. They can't see your smile. Mm-hmm. Very confusing. Mm-hmm. Well, so. a lot of the the, uh, the nuance of communication is, to your point, the facial expressions and yeah. so forth. So. I'm like, even today, uh, my publicist asked if I was in okay because she couldn't read my face. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. I just have a very large mask on today. <laughs> so it, given COVID and given the the aging population and given what I'm seeing from my seat, and that is, I'm sorry to say, but more people are coming to Orange County from outlying areas. So I have to believe we're going to have, probably have a higher concentration of this issue of the aging population um, sliding into dementia. What do you see as the greatest challenges for caring for someone with Alzheimer's? From my viewpoint, I think it's financial and the amount of caregivers that are out there. Wow. So financial meeting the financial burden on the family? Yes. So the cost of care for your loved one is incredibly expensive. Locally, agencies are charging mid-30s per hour for a caregiver to come into the home. Mm-hmm. If you place your loved one, you're looking at easily close to $10,000 a month. Most people can't afford yeah. that type of care. And then to your point, if there's a shortage of caregivers, that's certainly going to go up just yep. because they have to to meet. I have a statistic here that I want to share yeah. just because yes. it's right here on this piece of paper. But 1.6 million Californians provided unpaid care for a person living with Alzheimer's in 2020. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As 19 million hours of care valued at $24 billion. That's incredible. And that's exactly the concern that we, the conversation we had in my own family, you know, when I started to notice that my father was not exactly the same, that he, he might be starting to slip. Mm -hmm. And I, I spoke candidly with my stepmother and said, you're going to end up being an unpaid caregiver. Mm -hmm. You know, you're going to end up dedicating your life to his care. Please tell me you have an alternative plan Mm -hmm. because that's no life. You know, and not, I'm, I'm not saying these people don't love their loved ones and don't want to, but it's horrifying that they don't have the professional services that they could. Well, I always tell my families, because I know your loved one with dementia, what that disease looks like. I know how mm-hmm. to guide you through that. I can't change that, right? But that plan can help. I'm always most worried about the caregiver. So yeah. the majority of caregivers will either pass away or be hospitalized before their loved one. And I always tell my families, you cannot sacrifice yourself 
right. for the care of your loved one. You have other family that needs you. That is precisely the concern that we had in my own family. This may be a bit of a segue, but what is what what is something that I can do as an individual or a business owner or people listening to support your your association mm-hmm. in in providing greater resources and services? Well, I love when people ask that question. <laughs> <laughs> Because as you mentioned, we do so much that is free, you know, in the community and that is, that is the model that we have, but we're only um, able to support, you know, global research and and these programs Mm -hmm. because of support from the community. So Jamie is co-chairing our inaugural, we're calling it the Inspiration Alls Gala, um, August 13th of 2022 at the Hyatt Regency. So um you know, I guess I, sh- I should just give out my email, my personal email address if Do anybody's it. interested. So it's D B as in boy, L E V as in Victor Y at ALZ.org. So if anybody wants to get involved with our inspirationals gala, um, the theme is mind, music and memories. That'll be August uh, 13th of 2022. And, and Jamie is co-chairing it. So thank you for doing and that, it's Jamie. It's so fun. Everybody go out to it. So That's the amazing. best way to raise money, isn't it? Just throw a great big party. Oh, everybody gets all fancy and, yeah. you know, go have some fun. And, and so. we're jonesing to get out and get dressed up. Exactly. And then we've got some, I'm using air quotes, but we have some y'all come events. Um, we have our walk to end Alzheimer's, which happens in the fall. And... I'm looking forward to this fall having our walks. Um, We have one in Huntington Beach, one in um, South Orange County, and one in Irvine. I think it's really important, as Jamie mentioned, being surrounded by people who understand what you're going through. Mm -hmm. So there's no entry fee to take part in a walk, but you're surrounded by people who understand or who care about the disease. So That's empowering, being surrounded by that many people, too. So um, we are the number two... Uh, walk run in Orange County and uh, the walk to end Alzheimer's nationwide is the number two walk. That's nation- very impressive. I nationwide the across one the country. Is. And I've scratched my head. Um, and not that it's not a worthy cause. I just Absolutely. was surprised. So well, let's just get you to number one. Exactly. And then right now we have um, a campaign going on called The Longest Day. And it's kind of hard to explain, but it's really however you want to fundraise, um, Mm. you make it your own. So you're celebrating a birthday and in lieu of gifts, you ask your friends and family to make a donation to the Alzheimer's Association. That's a great idea. Super easy. You know, you may want to bake and you could sell, you know, your cookies at work uh, Mm. and you can donate the money. So people come up with all sorts of creative creative ways. Last year, we had somebody who swam like around the Huntington Beach Pier um, and people sponsored him and somebody else who had a tarantula crawl up his army. I was at fear of spiders. And so it's whatever you want. Play pickleball, bowl. Yeah, I love it. I encourage people out there. So whatever it is you love to do, get on social media, promote it, get some fundraising efforts going. Do what you love and and raise the money for a great cause. Absolutely. And I have to assume, too, that you're on the... um, you know, that the megalith that is Amazon, can people like round up and, and donate funds to your mm-hmm. charity? Yeah, on the Amazon Smile, they can the look Amazon up Alzheimer, Alzheimer's Association. And when you per- make a purchase on Amazon Smile, just choose us as your charity. Perfect. I love this. Okay, so we're going to have to do the longest day. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to buy new dresses and go to the gala. Yes. I can't forget the day. That's my sister's birthday. She'll never <laughs> forgive me. I have several more questions, but before I do, Paul, could you take a moment and tell us about this week's 
sponsor? Absolutely, absolutely. Well, as is obvious to anybody who listens to this show, you surround yourself with some really great strategic partners, including our sponsor today, Ford Ulio. Ford and Ulio is an Orange County-based boutique litigation firm with experienced attorneys from big law firms. Partners are founded Ford and Diulio on the concept of aligned interest, where their success is directly tied to your success, where they're rewarded for being efficient and effective, not for just dragging it out forever and ever in court, and where they engage in the relentless pursuit of their clients' goals, whether in litigation, mediation, or even a trial if it comes to that. So, push comes to shove, who do you want in your corner? Maybe it should be Ford deulio.com. Just find them right there. Ford, F-O-R-D, Diulio, D-I-U-L-I-O, forddeulio.com. Okay, Wendy, I get my put in my two cents worth. I'll try not to make it two of an emotional story again like I did I last week. I would be week, disappointed right? if you didn't. <laughs> it is a little bit of an, you, you're doing two weeks in a row here. Um, my late mother had Parkinson's yes. and what we didn't expect as she was falling and falling apart, is that she was going to get dementia. Mm -hmm. Talk about the connection. I thought Alzheimer's was a standalone thing. You alluded to it earlier. Your husband, you said, uh, had some dementia as he went through cancer. That's the unexpected, um, <laughs> I was going to say bonus, but that's not a good word. It's the unexpected side effect to many things. Is it beyond just cancer and Parkinson's? Are there other things, or is that what it's mostly tied to? And, and talk about that. What happens? How, do, how does Parkinson's uh, lead to Alzheimer's? So my understanding, and I'm not a medical doctor, I'm not going to pretend to be one, but is that if you have Parkinson's long enough, most likely you will get dementia, right? Really? And so that Parkinson's-related dementia is very difficult, um, oftentimes connected to Lewy body dementia, too. There's a lot of hallucinations, paranoia. It's very, very, very stressful for mm -hmm. the families. Um, but that's my understanding to the connection. I don't know the medical side to it. And has there been a breakthrough? We had somebody on a year or two ago, and they were touting something big that there's some new test or drug or something uh, for Alzheimer's. Anybody getting any closer to figuring out, I don't know, not just what causes or what it is, but any way to treat it? So there, there is one new drug that came out uh, last year, uh, aducanumab that slows the progression of the disease. And there are several of that same kind of class that are in clinical trials right now. Um, and so we're, we're hoping that those will get FDA approval in the next year. Because that's what struck me when we were going through my mother, and then I'll shut up here, is that we'd go to the doctor and they'd say, well, what are we gonna do for Parkinson's? They say, well, there's not even a test she has. it. It's observational. She has something, it looks like Parkinson's. And Alzheimer's is kind of the same thing. They have to sort of go through and rule out a million other things, like one of them, maybe this is too sensitive to say, my, my late aunt used to get um, urinary tract infections mm -hmm. all the time. And that came with a certain dementia for a while, but it wasn't uh, Alzheimer's. She would, and they'd say, oh, she's getting Alzheimer's. No, nope. we'd cure the, uh, give her antibiotics and yeah. she'd feel better. You know, yeah. It was so, just caused by the infection. Yeah. It was causing her cognitive issues. But we, there is no there's no real test for it, is there, that you have it? And there's mm -hmm. it's just sort of the rule out everything else? No, there's definitely tests. And, and again, I'm not a doctor, so I don't yeah. to pretend to be one. But um, most of my clients get the diagnosis by getting an MRI. Mm -hmm. They get a neuropsych evaluation. And then they also rule out other medical issues through blood work and all of that. And through those tests, they come up 
with a diagnosis of dementia. For Parkinson's, they can diagnose that with a DAT scan now. Mm. Um, and so these are, you know, but there's other types of dementias that you they can't diagnose, right? Mm. So I work with former NFL players that have CTE type of dementia. Oh, wow. And yeah. as of right now, you cannot diagnose that until after somebody has passed away. And so that's one that's that can't tragic. be diagnosed. Yeah. Well, and that's an interesting point that you raise, Paul, in that very seldom does calamity live in a silo. You know, when, when things exactly. go horribly awry, they, they often go horribly awry all at the same time. So that's got to be very complex for families yeah. that are dealing with perhaps other physical disabilities that are, are you know inherent with aging and then add layer on top of that with dementia and memory loss and all the joys that come with that. So I, I couldn't help but think about all the attorneys that I know and all the financial professionals that I know. And when you had said that families can call you and they can get their questions answered and get resources, is part of the services and the direction that you can help them is guide them to somebody to help them make a family trust and estate plan to -hmm. care for Mm -hmm. such issues? Yes, absolutely. The other thing that you just brought up that Mm -hmm. sparked something for me is we have some really cool high volunteer opportunities. That's where I was going with it. With the Alzheimer's <laughs> Association, um, you know, we can train folks who are comfortable speaking in public. We can train them to deliver some of our educational programs. Mm-hmm. Um, Wait a minute, this is not going where I thought. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we um, we need support group facilitators. So again, mm-hmm. maybe licensed clinical social workers who are out there, somebody who's getting their nursing degree, we can again train them uh, to volunteer on our behalf. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. So many of the attorneys that I know, I have to imagine that they could reach out to you and volunteer sometime, perhaps pro bono or at a discounted rate for families who just don't know how to make a plan. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm hoping, but if they did want to, once again, what's that phone number? So our 800 number for our 24-7 helpline yeah. is 800-272-3900. Fabulous. Fabulous. And when it comes to things like the in-home care and the financial toll that it takes on families, mm-hmm. are there other government resources or agencies that can help people when they just don't have the financial assets that are needed, that are substantial? There are some, but it's very limited. That's right. Really so I mean, it's very limited. It's not, and it's all based on financial need. And so there's mm-hmm. a huge portion of the population that they are right above that cusp right, to get right. any support, right? So they end up just enslaving a family member to this yeah. care and hoping that they get the training they need to do it properly. Yeah. Well, that's a happy thought. <laughs> mm. You know what, though? I'm inspired by stories that I hear from people in our community yeah. who are helping their family members out. There's a young man who put off going to UCLA. I know we're on the UCI campus right now, but he had gotten into UCLA. He was His family was taking care of his grandfather, mm-hmm. and culturally, because he was a man and the grandfather was male, mm-hmm. um, he was entrusted with personal care of course for the grandfather and so he delayed going off to UCLA for two years um, staying here in this community and he volunteers for us as an advocate Um, and what he does as an advocate and this is a young man right this is he's like 19 years old now he is speaking with legislators uh, to get new laws passed and funding um, passed both at the state level and at the federal level. Um, And he uses his story to share with lawmakers, um, both at the state and federal level, on our behalf. 
He is at UCLA now and he's going to school. His grandfather has passed, but he's in, and one of just our inspiring volunteers. I love that a story of family tragedy can be put to such mm-hmm. good. And that is joyful. And I'm, I'm mm-hmm. so grateful that you shared that. Um, and I'm, I'm curious, just my own lack of, of understanding, is Alzheimer's considered a permanent disability? If someone is diagnosed with having Alzheimer's, are they disabled and therefore entitled to disabled disability benefits? I do not know the answer yeah, to that. I don't that. know the answer to that either. Okay. I mean, most people that you know get Alzheimer's get it older in life, right. you know, so, but right. I don't know the answer to that. And I ask because there are certain provisions in California that apply to property taxes, that if there is a disabled person who is a homeowner, they or their caregiver is eligible for certain property tax uh, rebates and discounts because they're in home doing care. So that'll be homework for me. I'll research that. Let us know. Yes, I absolutely will. This is important stuff. Um, So I'm going to get into my my favorite part of every week, and that's we know the important work that that you do, but it's it's helpful for the world at large to get to know you as human beings. So I'm going to ask you some questions that are sort of my own spin on the, the Vanity Fair Proust questionnaire. And I will let you guys jump in as you want to and, and fight for answers. <laughs> what city do you ladies call home? I live in Huntington Beach. Nice. And I live in Irvine. And have you lived there a long time? And if so, why do you love living there? We bought our home. It's at the base of these avocado orchards. Oh. And um, for us, that was really important. Um, that sounds glorious. Uh, you know, avocado orchards orchards are are pretty rare um and very southern california very orange county just like you know orange orchards that's fun that's wonderful amazing i've lived in huntington beach 10 years bought my house last year um but i love go you i was so excited um but love like living by the beach and just the weather Mm -hmm. and the lifestyle there's something about being able to get to the ocean mm-hmm. and just kind of recenter after a day of heavy work. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're doing heavy work in life lately. It's been a little heavy it has. for everybody. So tell me about um, your most treasured possession, if you have one. Do you have I one? I guess my house. <laughs> Is it? I guess. I don't know. I'm not I have really to support that. To That's, yeah. yeah. You know, it's funny. Two years ago, where we live, we had to evacuate because of fires. Right. And right. so you have to make those kind of calls at the 11th hour. You, yeah. You're supposed to plan, right? We live in um, an area where you should plan ahead. Right. Mm-hmm. I would say that our photos um, oh, were yeah. probably our most prized possessions. Yeah. Like that was what I ran through the house photo books trying to grab. Yeah. It's interesting. That's it teaches good. you, doesn't it? When there's it a calamity, like what are you going to grab? What's important to me? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and mine would be my dog. He'll be, he'd be running out in front of me, though. So. Yeah. <laughs> Not looking back, no doubt. It's interesting. You two have such storied careers, you know, incredible credentials, incredible pedigrees. And in looking back on all of that, and I know that you're far from done, but so far, what do you each consider your greatest achievement to date? My kids. I have a 21 and 19-year-old. They are by far just my favorite. You know, raising good humans is an amazing achievement. It's amazing to watch them grow into adulthood. I applaud you. Yeah. Yeah, I would say my kid, too. Um, And the other thing is overcoming adversity. I Mm -hmm. think that that also um, through life, you know, we're we're throwing these curveballs and just having to overcome adversity through the years. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't stop giving, does it? (laughs) Now, if you ladies have one again, what would your personal motto be? Just be happy. Life's too short. Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> um, kindness matters. Integrity matters. Yep. Yeah. Yes. That's Me. why I named my company Veracity Real Estate. Integrity. Nice. It mm-hmm. matters. Uh, well, we've talked a bit about your email 
and your um, 800 number. What are other ways that our listeners can get in touch with each of you if they want more information? For the listeners that want to get in touch with me, you can go to havencaremanagement.com. Terrific. And there's a link there, and you can learn more about my company and what I do. So our website is alz.org, and you can do the backslash OC if you want to look at the Orange County chapter. Uh, that's probably where I would go. And is that a good place for them to go and see all the events that will be coming up, like the gala? Uh, yeah, events. And it is resource-rich. Mm-hmm. I mean, resource-rich. The alz.org website for anybody who has any questions about yeah. this disease and resources that are available, go there. That's incredible. And for anyone who may have lost track, because we go back and forth a bit, that was Deborah Levy with the Alzheimer's Association and Jamie Webb with Haven Haven Memorial Care. I'm sorry, Haven Home Care. That's a wrap for this week. I can't wait to see you at uh, other fundraisers, of course, and we'll get back to you on the property question. So please follow me, Wendy Ross, and Veracity Real Estate on Instagram, LinkedIn, and subscribe to this show, This Week with Wendy, wherever you like to listen to your favorite podcasts. Have a great week.